When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you Ritual for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Hi, everyone. It's Beth here for a primer on Israel and Palestine. I told a friend of mine that I was working on this primer And she said, well, if you're going to talk about the Israelis and the Palestinians, you're going to have to start with Adam and Eve. And I think that she's right in a lot of senses that there's always going to be um, more complexity to this situation, more history, more elements of faith and political interests than anyone could possibly cover in one place. So as with all of our primers, I want to do my disclaimers. I'm not an expert. I recognize that what I'm about to tell you is going to be oversimplified. It is going to be incomplete. But I'm hoping that I can give you enough context that you can watch what's unfolding in the news right now with a little bit more clarity about the background, because we're hearing so much about Israel, and I think that many of us don't have the full picture. So I'm going to give you as much of that picture as I can from the perspective of just another human being. I have not spent my life or any portion of it devoted to Middle Eastern studies. I've just done some research, I've read a lot, and I've tried my best to condense my understanding into about 20 minutes for us together. So since a lot of what we're talking about in the conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians revolves around land, I want to talk about how much land is at issue. The state of Israel is 
a little bit larger than the United States state of New Jersey. So this is very small area. And I think that helps explain some of the volatility. You know, we have a lot going on in a really small territory and a lot of people who feel claim to that territory, not just the people who live there, but when you think about the religious significance to many traditions of Jerusalem and Bethlehem, you can understand why in this tiny little piece of the earth there is such unrest. It hasn't always been so. If you go back to the Ottoman Empire, the area of Palestine was fairly diverse religiously. Uh, The majority of people who lived there were Muslims and Christians, and it was a peaceful coexistence for the most part during the Ottoman Empire, especially compared to later developments. In the late 1800s, The idea that Judaism was not just a religion but a nationality started to surface, primarily in Europe. A group of people called Zionists believed that Jews deserved their own nation-state, and because Jews were often persecuted in Europe and elsewhere, that idea really started to take hold. And there there was this notion that the Jewish people, for their own safety, needed a, a Jewish national state. There was also the emergence of thought that ethnic Arabs had a distinct national identity. And and that nationalism was prevalent throughout the world in different groups. So as that trend took hold, uh, you started to see stronger feelings about where people lived and who lived with them. So after World War I, until about 1948, both Zionists and Uh, ethnic Arabs, started laying claim to the land known as Palestine. But at this time, Great Britain took control of that land. Both Great Britain and the United States supported the idea of a Jewish nation state. And as more Jews immigrated to that region that was under British control, tensions between Jews and the Arabs who lived in that region started to grow. And then violence started to escalate. And there were many deaths of the ethnic Arabs. There were many deaths of the Jewish immigrants. Great Britain then found that it had a situation on its hands that it did not want. So it started to limit Jewish immigration, which did not sit well with the Zionists. And so militias started to form. And this is when the alliance between Zionists and Great Britain started to collapse because Great Britain indicated support for this area to become an Arab state. Then World War II happened. And as we know, Jews were subjected to horrible murder and torture and oppression in Europe. And so more Jewish immigration to this area began. But as more Jews came into the region, more violence broke out. Great Britain at this point wanted out in a lot of ways. So Great Britain requested that the United Nations, which had just been formed recently, step in to decide who this land belonged to. In 1947, the United Nations divided this region into a Jewish state of Israel and an Arab state of Palestine. And this was supposed to be a win-win. It was supposed to end the violence, give everyone some land, and get the British out of policing this conflict. 
The problem is that the way the United Nations partitioned this land gave a huge portion of the land to its Jewish residents, even though the Jewish people in this land only constituted about 30% of the population and only owned about 7% of the land. So 55% of the space that we're talking about, and again, we're talking about space about the size of New Jersey, a little larger, 55% of it went to Jews who were 30% of the population and owners of 7% of the land. So the Arabs in the region saw this as true colonialism. They also felt that the only reason anyone was talking about a Jewish state was because the British had come in and imperially permitted extensive immigration over their objection. So days after the UN plan, the Arab-Israel war broke out. The Arab military was poorly organized. The Israeli forces were smaller in number, but they were well-trained and armed, and they had the support of Great Britain and the United States. Neighboring Arab states like Egypt, Syria, Jordan, and Iraq invaded Israel at this time purportedly to help the Palestinians. It was more likely that they were just trying to lay claim to parts of this land as well. Israel ultimately was the successor in this conflict and took even more of the land. So at this point in history, Israel has 77% of the territory that we're talking about. Israel's takeover of this region created an enormous refugee population. About three quarters of a million Palestinians fled the area. Now, the facts of this are sharply disputed. The number of refugees, the necessity of leaving the area. Israel tells a completely different story about this than the Palestinians. What is clear historically is that there were terrible massacres committed by Israel during this conflict. So after the Arab-Israel War, Israeli Prime Minister Golda Meir had all of the maps redrawn. Every region in the territory was given Hebrew names, and there were efforts to just erase the cultural identity of Palestinians. In fact, Prime Minister Meir said there were no such thing as Palestinians because Israel perceived any sort of Palestinian culture as a threat to its state's existence. This war ended with the signing of armistice agreements. So now you have boundaries between Palestine and Israel as the green line. Jordan, the country of Jordan, occupied East Jerusalem and the West Bank, which is the hilly country of central Palestine. And then Egypt took control of the Gaza Strip, which is the coastal plain. So the Palestinian state that the United Nations contemplated in its supposedly win-win deal was never created. In 1967, the Soviet Union told the Syrian government that Israeli forces were planning an attack on Syria. That was not true. But there had been tension between Israel and Syria for some time, and Israel had said publicly that it might be necessary to overturn the Syrian regime if Syria did not stop some of the Palestinian guerrilla activity happening to try to get control back of some of it, what Israel considered its land. So Syria reaches out to Egypt on learning this information that's, that's false from the Soviet Union. 
And the Egyptian president asked United Nations observer forces stationed between Israel and Egypt to redeploy. And Egyptian forces established a blockade around the Sinai Peninsula. And all of this military activity terrified the people living in Israel. So the next month, Israel preemptively attacked both Egypt and Syria. Jordan joined in later, and Israel attacked Jordan as well. So now you have this entire region erupting, and this is known as the Six-Day War of 1967. Israel handily won this conflict, and this established Israel as the dominant military player in the region. It also mobilized the Palestinians, and the Palestine Liberation Organization, or the PLO, was established at this time. Following this conflict, Israel began its occupation of the West Bank and Gaza. So these areas that had been controlled by Jordan and Egypt, where Palestinians were living, are now occupied by Israel. The conditions for Palestinians living in the West Bank and Gaza became very poor under Israeli occupation. Many, many Palestinians were imprisoned without trials. There are allegations of torture and abuse and kidnapping and murder. And again, every semblance of Palestinian national identity was viewed as a security threat to Israel. No one was happy with this outcome, and in 1973, Egypt, frustrated by its inability to negotiate with Israel for the Sinai Peninsula, launched an attack there against Israel on Yom Kippur. America got involved at this time to support Israel, and Secretary of State Henry Kissinger started facilitating negotiations between Egypt and Israel. Shortly after, President Carter invited the Egyptian president and the Israeli prime minister to Camp David, this was in 1978, to work on the situation between Egypt and Israel and also the general question surrounding Palestinians and the West Bank and Gaza Strip. This activity really established the United States as the party responsible for facilitating discussions Um, in a way that has never been unwound. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. 
looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life, Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day. Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. At Camp David, the Egyptian president and the Israeli prime minister and President Carter arrived at an agreement that called for a five-year period of autonomy for Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza Strip. Palestinians rejected this agreement because it did not guarantee Israeli withdrawal from the territories and it did not establish a free and independent Palestine. It's important to understand when you hear about settlements that the West Bank and the Gaza Strip are not part of Israel. So from the perspective of the international community, Israel is illegally occupying those areas. Now, Israel says that the West Bank and the Gaza Strip were never part of the sovereign territory of any state. And so Israel is just an administrator of territory that doesn't have a status yet. While the international community largely rejects Israel's position on this, there has not been much activity to hold Israel accountable for its occupation of those regions. Israel has built hundreds of settlements and outposts, which are, you know, unofficial settlements, and permitted over half a million Jewish citizens to move into East Jerusalem and the West Bank. Israel controls access in and out of these areas and everyday life in a lot of ways for Palestinians living in the West Bank and Gaza is disrupted and made difficult by this occupation. Now, Israel claims that this occupation is essential for security purposes. And you'll learn more about why as we talk about what happened in the 1980s. So in 1987, 
the Palestinian population in the West Bank and Gaza began an uprising because they were so frustrated by Israel's occupation of these territories. This uprising is called intifada, which means shaking off in Arabic. The PLO, so the Palestine Liberation Organization, which was considered the major representative of Palestinians at the time, did not start this uprising. It was more of a grassroots popular effort. Hundreds of thousands of people, including children and teenagers, engaged in civil disobedience, demonstrations, they refused to pay taxes, they boycotted Israeli products. There was political graffiti, the establishment of underground schools, and stone-throwing, Molotov cocktails, and the erection of barricades to keep Israeli forces from moving. At this same time, Hamas emerged, and Hamas is a violent extremist group of ethnic Arabs dedicated to the destruction of Israel as a state. So you have some nonviolent protest activity You have some violent protest activity, and then you have Hamas, which is really a terror organization. All of this emerging in this very small space. And the people of Israel, with this history of persecution and this history of worrying constantly about their security, and you can understand why this tension just escalates and escalates and escalates. The Israeli defense minister at the time, Yitzhak Rabin, responded to the intifada with brute force. Palestinians were arrested, they were imprisoned, they were beaten, they were killed. And the conditions for people living in the West Bank and Gaza got worse and worse and worse. And with this uptick in violence from both sides, a number of Palestinians who previously supported the PLO started to view it as too moderate and ineffective. And you saw a rise in radical Islam emerging as a dominant force in challenging the PLO. This brought Rabin in Israel to change his thinking about the PLO to some degree, because now the PLO starts to look like the moderate opposition. So secretly in 1993... Yitzhak Rabin commenced negotiations in Oslo, Norway, with the PLO. The PLO walked into these talks from a very weak position. Their support had diminished in the Arab world. Hamas was now employing suicide attacks. And Israel was in a very rigid position, very concerned for its security, and still receiving lots of support from the United States. What emerged from the Oslo Accords was the Palestinian Authority. So not a nation state, but an entity with self-governing authority. Unfortunately, all of the most important questions, would there be a nation state? How do we address the refugee population created by our history? All of those questions were deferred. And the idea is that a process was born through the Oslo Accords for the parties to keep coming together working through these issues. But the Israeli population had not a lot of appetite for this process, and neither did the Palestinian population. When Benjamin Netanyahu was elected prime minister, 
He had opposed the Oslo Accords from the beginning and largely avoided further participation in talks. Israel got more aggressive about settlements and more violence escalated from Hamas. In the year 2000, President Bill Clinton tried to bring everyone together again at Camp David, but nothing was really accomplished. The parties were too far apart. There was incredible frustration on the part of the Palestinians in the occupied territories at this point. And so a second intifada erupted that was much more violent than the first. Israeli forces moved swiftly and brutally to suppress the second intifada because Israel did not want a prolonged civil uprising that created sympathy in the international community for Palestinians. So Unarmed demonstrators were killed. There were more imprisonments, more beatings, and a full-scale war with the Palestinians. The United States gave Israel its full support during this intifada. The Bush administration was at odds with the rest of the international community for supporting Israel here. At that time, the Bush administration officially endorsed what you hear about now as the two-state solution. So this is really kind of a resurgence of what the United Nations tried to do in the late 1940s. The Bush administration set forth this roadmap to establish an independent Palestinian nation that would stand alongside with Israel peacefully. And this process was to be supervised by the Quartet, which includes Russia, Great Britain, the United States, and the United Nations. At the time, Israel expressed a number of reservations to this plan that pretty much amounted to outright rejection of it, but everyone continued to talk about this as though it it was the plan. It was going to happen. In 2006, there were elections in the Palestinian Authority, and Hamas leaders legitimately won those elections. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you Ritual for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. 
Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This frightened Israel and the international community. So the quartet, again, Russia, Great Britain, the United States, and the United Nations, cut off all of their financial support for the Palestinian Authority. Israel started withholding tax revenue that was due to the Palestinian Authority, and this pushed an already struggling economy into a worsened state. In 2007, Israel declared that the Gaza Strip was hostile territory and launched an attack on it. Every time you have an act of hostility from Israel, you have greater popularity for Hamas, right? As each side escalated, and this went back and forth, every attack from Hamas emboldened Israel and increased the fear in Israel about its security. So things just continue to escalate in the region. Now, many Israelis believe that peace with Palestinians is simply not possible, Uh, The entire state of Israel has really shifted away from looking for a peaceful solution. Many Palestinians now refuse to recognize the state of Israel. They think it was never appropriate, that it's always been colonialist and oppressive. There have been horrible atrocities committed by both sides. These two people groups contain hugely diverse populations and perspectives on the mix of political and religious interests at stake. And you have to remember also that this entire area sits in the midst of crisis. You have Syria to the northeast, Lebanon with Hezbollah control in the north. You have Egypt's Sinai to the south, where you have radical Islamist insurgency constantly. And you have an influx of dollars into Israel from the United States that is far more significant than most of us realize. The United States gives more money to Israel than any other state on earth. And this year, 
we increased that amount by about a third. We've promised over $38 billion over the next 10 years to Israel for a lot of reasons, not the least of which that Israel is furious with us over the Iran deal, which is a topic for another day. So against this backdrop of enormous complexity and history and suffering, the United Nations this week condemned the Israeli settlements as a violation of international law. The United States abstained from that vote, and Secretary of State John Kerry gave a speech rebuking Prime Minister Netanyahu for refusing to negotiate, essentially, in good faith. It was a stunning move, given America's historic, almost unquestioning support for the state of Israel. Prime Minister Netanyahu has accused the Obama administration of lying to the international community and orchestrating this vote in the United Nations. Netanyahu has praised Donald Trump, who told Israel via Twitter to hang on. Despite having been universally considered the obvious resolution for decades, the two-state solution seems increasingly unlikely, and this international tragedy shows no real signs of resolving. And I hate to leave you on such a sad note, but That is my understanding of where we are in this region, and I look forward to talking with you more about it in the coming weeks. 